Good morning, everyone. How are you this beautiful day that the Lord has made? I'm Karen Jane Casey on the podcast, Turn to God with Karen. And every Monday, we have Hope and Faith Journey. This is where we find encouragement through our struggles, through our challenges, hope for healing, and we share what we've learned from experience, gleaning what the Lord has for us, always knowing that He is our refuge in all kinds of trouble. (laughs) Well, this month, we'll be looking at five fictional stories found in Stand With Your Armor On. Here, we look at daily conflicts that we've each probably encountered or watched someone else struggle in it. When looking at a third person, we can glean much with an objective perspective. We'll find ways that the Lord provides in every situation we face. And some of these stories contain a cautionary tale with believable consequences and outcomes depending upon the decisions that are made. So let's buckle up and get ready. (laughs) Today's episode title is Mimic. Mimic. Well, it relates loosely to the first story, Who is Directing Your Steps? A tale that includes the effects of an angry prideful heart. Why the title Mimic? Well, you know, we'll get to that. Um, In the first scene, we learn that a wealthy single parent is raising his only son, now a young adult. He has his son's career path planned out, as well as him eventually to join the father's firm. It sounds terrific, doesn't it? Also in the first scene, though, we learn that this son, Marcus, is running and hiding from the law. What in the world has he done? He became angry with his girlfriend for dissing him or disrespecting him in front of his friends. During that argument that followed, he got physical and she died. Filled with several emotions that you would expect also included the feeling that she deserved what happened to her for disrespecting him, the upset that he is being processed as if he were a criminal, a common criminal. So what is that that's projecting? Pridefulness. Thinking too much of himself. Where did he get that from? As the story unfolds, we learn the mother left while Marcus was young. After abuses, and in fear for her life. The father is very self-assured, self-confident, one of those self-made men. Yes, full of himself. (laughs) And poor little Marcus was raised up to see himself as better than everyone else. His attitude toward others, especially females, directly mimicked the one person in the world who he admired and looked up to. Did Marcus get out of paying for what he had done because of his father's wealth and influence? No, not in this storyline. He went to prison, and that's where he learned about his excessive pridefulness, became guilty for harming another person, especially his girlfriend. Thank goodness he had a conscience about it after all. He remembered the beatings his mother had endured and realized he had been raised to see himself as a better than any woman. He realized the wrongness in thinking that she should serve him and accept his ugliness. 
because Martha's father was now ashamed of him for being in prison, he was able to see the pridefulness on display. So when Marcus got up to the nerve to ask about his mother, because, I mean, he wanted to develop a relationship with him, uh, with her while he was in prison, his father quit the visits. Marcus realized that he had been raised with his father's self-love, haughtiness, excessive pride, and disdain toward women. And Marcus had been shadowing or mimicking his father all of his life without question, without even thinking about it because it was the normal and correct way to go. He mimicked the one person that he admired in the world. The consequences? Well, Marcus was indeed paying for those years of bad behavior training for taking a life. He had choices in how to react or respond to his predicament. He turned to God with repentance for salvation, for redemption through the blood of Jesus. And ultimately, Marcus found his purpose in life to preach to fellow prisoners like the Apostle Paul did. He identified with the life of Paul and enjoyed emulating him, sort of like following in his footsteps instead of his father. But it was by choice. And he was able to develop a relationship with his mother after all those years. What happened with his father? Well, we don't know. His father just walked off pridefully into the sunset. When reading this storyline, we can't escape asking ourselves some hard questions. What bad attitudes, behaviors, and wrong thinking have we been raised with? Maybe it's time for us to take a look at that. Do we love all people or not? And why not? Are there prejudices or levels of value that we place on ourselves over that of others? And why is that? Maybe it's a good time to reevaluate. What is it that we might be shadowing or mimicking through life without thinking about it? Problem is, as in this storyline, you do pay the consequences for your own decisions, not anyone else. In the storyline, Marcus' father didn't pay for Marcus' mistakes. No, no, no. He might have been the uh, real help in putting those ideas in his head, but he paid his own consequences. But like Marcus, if you're still breathing, you still have time now to turn it all around. There's no guarantee that you can put it off until tomorrow to decide because you know what? We don't know when our last breath is. No decision is a decision. What was it that Marcus did again? He was ashamed of his sinful ways. He turned to God in repentance. He believed that Jesus is the only Son of God and suffered on the cross, dying for his sins. And Jesus defeated death. He arose. Marcus sincerely, sincerely asked Jesus into his heart. He accepted him as his Lord and Savior. And then in prison, he joyfully served Jesus. Mm. But you might say, he still had to serve his sentence in prison. That's true. Sometimes we can turn it around, but our consequences are still there. We don't get a pass on the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. The important thing 
to know is this, life on earth is only temporary. Marcus secured his eternity with Jesus. So we need to focus on what is really important, and that is our future eternity. So I hope my sharing today has encouraged you to go through your self-examination, and <laughs> I hope the storyline has whet your interest in tackling the five stories in Stand with Your Armor On that is an anthology of daily conflicts that we face today. I also encourage you to read and study Ephesians chapter 6, and here are verses 10 through 11 in the Amplified Version or Amplified Bible. The Armor of God. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from Him, and be empowered through your union with Him and in the power of His boundless might. Put on your full armor of God, for His precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for joining me in this episode of Turn to God with Karen. This is Karen Jane Casey, author, speaker, podcaster, domestic violence, victim advocate, and ambassador for Christ. Stay tuned for Turn to God with Karen every Monday morning at 6 Eastern Standard Time for Hope and Faith Journey. Wednesday's episodes are Sword of the Spirit, and Friday we have Karen's Book Corner. So I invite you to share with me your comments, your suggestions, any feedback is always welcome. And you can do that through my website, KarenJaneCasey.com, and go up there to the contact page. And also, when you are at the website, you'll see information regarding um, material and resources relating to domestic violence. And you'll also see my books, my blogs, and podcasts. I have a series of fiction books, Standing Through Storms, and a series of nonfiction books, Faith and Hope Journey. So if you've read and enjoyed any of my books, and if you've evoked, they've evoked positive change for you, I want to know about it. Oh, and did I mention I also have a line of children's books? They're also in the same website. Well, thank you, and God bless.